Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, public prayer through the singing of hymns. Maybe this is an unusual concept to you, but it shouldn't be. When we come to the gathering of God's people, prayer should be one of the primary things that takes place. However, I'm not so sure that that's always the case. Many times, though, there are opportunities for public prayer that are going on, but we do not actually seize the opportunity. And the reason is that we're not understanding the role that the particular music or hymn is playing in that service of worship or that liturgy of worship. Public prayer is certainly a very important part of worship. And prayer simply means addressing God. It is speaking to God. And we can call it a conversation or dialogue, but ordinarily, God does not say anything directly to us in prayer. It's not that kind of dialogue. But he does speak to us through the Word, through Scripture that's read, and through Scripture that is taught through scripture that is preached, and through scripture that is sung. In the same way, we can pray to God and lift up our public prayers to God in the hymns that we sing. And in fact, we should be doing that. Now, that means that we need to grasp the content of the hymn, that is the lyrics. And we must also understand the role that they are playing in that service of worship. Now, this be, can be very difficult for many of us in our worship services because the, the display of the intentionality of the worship service is not necessarily shared maybe with the people of God. And sometimes we assume that the people of God know what's going on and can participate in it. Another drawback is that today's worship services uh, and I'm, I'm primarily talking about the more open kind of church service, uh, uh, broadly evangelical, etc., services of worship, where there's not a necessarily a historic pattern or order of worship. Uh, many times uh, it's driven by entertainment. Uh, by that I don't mean, although sometimes it is, like a religious concert. And so religious services are coming and we, we gather together uh, and we enjoy a singing period and oftentimes we call this worship. And then there'll be preaching or teaching and that's like we've left worship and now we're listening to preaching and teaching. Well, that's a totally unbiblical and unjustifiable approach. But we have to watch our dialogue. We have to watch our vocabulary. We should never refer to the singing part of the service as if it's the worship service by itself or that we're worshiping God only through the singing of songs. In addition, it's the content of the song that makes the great difference. But often it's primarily the music that has attracted our attention and the emotion that it may bring about in us. Now, emotion is okay, and in its place, it certainly needs to be there, but we must not be driven by our emotions. We must not be driven by how it makes us feel, but we must be driven more by what it says to God 
and what we are speaking to God and what we're speaking to one another in the singing of the hymn or the song. It's also very important that the congregation itself, that is the people, be the primary participants in the religious worship of singing, not a team up front or a choir up front or a soloist up front. Now, they can have a role to play, but their role should only be that of helping the congregation so that they should never be center stage. Center stage should always be Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, as revealed and manifested in the proclamation of the Word of God, as it is read, as it is shared among us, and as it is taught and preached by the minister of the Word. Now, sometimes we're also hampered in in a desire to really enter into public prayer through the singing of the songs because often we do not have the words in front of us. They only appear for a little bit on the screen and, and then they're gone. So there's a drawback to that. Naturally, it has its advantage also that we don't have to have a book in front of us. We can look at the screen, but we don't have something we can refer to afterwards. And once it's off the screen, it can be off of our minds. But if we have something in our hands that we can look at and that we refer back to, we can continue to draw inspiration from it and we can continue to use it as an instrument of worship and as an instrument of prayer, an instrument of instruction. Now, I'm not saying that the way we do it in my particular congregation is the only way that it can be done or should be done, but it is a biblical way in which it can be done And I want to simply share with you today from the service that occurred on July the 10th, the role of the hymns and what they played in the worship service. So I'm actually just going to walk through and talk through that order of service, that liturgy of worship uh, with you and hopes that it will help you understand the biblical role of prayer in worship, and how the congregation can enter into public prayer through the singing of intentional hymns and songs that are addressed to God at particular times in the service of worship, playing a certain role. So let me illustrate this for you in this particular teaching. We gather together on that particular Lord's Day, the first day of the week, on July the 10th, and we were called to worship. We're always called to worship, and we're always called to worship in the words of Scripture. We're never called to worship with flippant words. You say, okay, let's worship God. No, we use actual words of Scripture where God himself summons us to worship. This is what we must understand. A call to worship is God's summons to his people to enter into solemn worship with him, in which he is the focus of our gathering and he is the primary participant in the service itself. We are hearing from him, and we respond to him. Now, usually the service begins with a word of greeting. It's really a benediction, a good word from God, stressing to us the benefits of being believers in Christ. What are the benefits of the gospel that come to us that are our share in Christ is found in Christian worships, is found in our lives as Christians? And so the words of scripture come to the people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes it can be grace, 
mercy and peace. But notice that these are all benefits of the gospel that are shared by the people of God. And when we come together to worship God, we are recipients of his grace. And so as the recipients of his grace, of his sons and daughters, as his servants and followers, we're gathered before him to render unto him worship acceptable to his name. So we're summoned to worship in the words of Scripture. Now, on last Sunday and and also on this particular Lord's Day, we began service with an affirmation of faith. This is not always typical, but we did last Sunday and again this Sunday. And what we used was a, a poetic version set to a hymn tune of the Nicene Creed. And it comes from a church in England, and we use it. It's, we believe in God the Father, Lord Almighty over all, seen and unseen worlds were fashioned by his will and at his call. We believe in Christ eternal, God from God and light from light. Through him all things were created, held together through his might. We will worship God the Father. We will worship God the Son. We will worship God the Spirit, triune God the three in one. So notice that it is an affirmation of our faith, but also we are calling one another to worship God, to worship the triune God. He is the object of our worship. And so we sing the truth of God's word and we hear God summon us from scripture and we respond with this intention. We will worship God the Father. We will worship God the Son. We will worship God the Spirit, triune God, the three in one. But we follow that with with a second prayer hymn. It's a triune prayer written by Chris Anderson. He's a modern day uh, hymn writer. And his triune prayer reads the following. It's a prayer. And if our people understand this, if we understand this as a people of God and as ministers of the word of God, that we can help the people understand that in singing these words, we are actually offering up a prayer to God. So here's the prayer that we sang. And we should know that as we sing these words, we are actually addressing God. Blessed Father, hear our cry. Cast out sin, but draw us nigh. Not for merit we have none, for your mercy, for your Son. Blessed Jesus, make our plea. In your name to God we flee. Through your blood we seek his face. By your priesthood claim his grace. Blessed Spirit, meet our need. In our silence intercede. Translate groans we cannot speak. Heal the broken, help the weak. Triune God, please grant our prayer. As your glory we declare. May your promised kingdom come. May your will on earth be done. Notice it is a prayer addressed to the Father, addressed to the Lord Jesus, the Son, and addressed to the Holy Spirit, God, who lives in the midst of the people of God here on earth and who lives in our hearts. We worship the triune God of biblical revelation the God who is known and experienced in the face, the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so we begin with you, God-focused and a dialogue, a prayer, and of exhortation to one another. This was then followed by prayer by the minister 
of the day, the one who is primarily the speaker that day, and he gives what we pray, uh, call a prayer of invocation, a prayer in which he is asking God to bless us with his presence and to open up to us the understanding of his word. And he presents various things of this nature before God. Occasionally, we will, this, we will use a written prayer for this, but most often it's a spontaneous prayer broken, spoken by the pastor himself on behalf of the congregation. Now, for this to be the public prayer of the people of God, we must not only hear him praying it, but we must pray along with him. That is, we savor the words he's saying and we make them our own by saying, Amen. And after we finish that particular aspect of the service, we again engage in a prayer hymn. It's a prayer hymn now addressed to Jesus Christ himself. It's written by Margaret, uh, can't think of her last name, of the last century, in the 20th century. We come, O Christ, to you, true Son of God and man, by whom all things consist, in whom all life began. In you alone we live and move and have our being in your love. You are the way to God, your blood our ransom paid. In you we face our judge and maker unafraid. Before the throne absorbed we stand, your love has met your law's demand. You are the living truth, all wisdom dwells in you, the source of every skill, the one eternal true. O great I am, in you we rest, sure answer to our every quest. You only are true life, to know you is to live the more abundant life that earth can never give. O risen Lord, we live in you. In us, each day, your life renew. But notice that the words, the lyrics, they must be understood. They must be savored. We must enter into them. And when we do so, we are engaged in prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ, the object of our faith, and the one who grants us access to God. Now, this is the first movement of the service worship in which we experience prayer as a congregation of God's people through the singing together of these hymns. Now we'll continue with another broadcast. The rest of the service as we continue to engage in prayer in this particular service of worship. So this is the first movement, the movement of entering to the presence of God, a call to worship, a prayer of invocation, a declaration of our faith, and a Christ-focused uh, instrument in which we acknowledge that Christ himself is our way to God. He is how we know and experience God. To him be honor and glory and praise, both now and forever. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. On the next time, Worship God and pray to God in your worship. Do so with the use of hymns. Sing to the Lord a song. Sing to the Lord a prayer. A prayer of thanks. A prayer of praise. A prayer of adoration. A prayer of confession. A prayer of repentance. A prayer of intention. A prayer of commitment. These can all be expressed in our worship 
through the singing of intentional hymns that are addressed to God in the form of prayer.